0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to ToledoCalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. The Bible has a lot to say about what it means to have success. Listen as we learn about this life-changing word in this series called Secret to Success. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, we are in a series of messages that we are calling The Secret to Success. And today we're going to talk about an interesting topic. We're going to talk about one that maybe you didn't expect to hear us talk about today. It's a buzzword in so much of our culture these days. Today we're going to talk about leadership. Leadership. And if you look anywhere, you jump online, just Google the word leadership, you're going to see article after article, resource after resource that helps people to be a better leader. If you walk in any bookstore, you will see book after book. You can find podcasts. You can go to seminars. You can listen to talk. You can spend a lot of cash to try to become a better leader And leadership is shown up in so many different arenas. You can see it in business, you can see it in the church, you can see it in our families, you can see it in government, that this topic of leadership becomes very relevant for us because there is a need for leadership for people to step up and to be involved in leadership and to always be growing in this. So today, we are in the book of Proverbs. We're gonna be here for the next five or six weeks and we're talking about how do we find the secret to success in life. One of the key areas is how can we become a successful leader? And in the book of Proverbs, over 30 times, we see a reference to a king. Whether it's Solomon talking about what a good king does, or it's a reference of how a king should be uh, leading their people, the ultimate leader, kind of the quintessential leader that you see highlighted in the book of Proverbs is the king. And so if that's the case, and this is a book written by a king, if we look at the role model of what a healthy king is, of what that kind of a leader does, it will help us to know how we can lead better in the different places where God has called us to lead. So, so what does it tell us about a leader? Well, let's look at a couple of things. The first is this. It tells us that the leader has influence. When we see what Scripture says to us about a leader, it says that the leader has influence. Look at this verse, Proverbs 19, 12. A king's rage is like the roar of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. So, whether the king is angry or the king is pleased, whether there is wrath or whether there's favor, the tone that the king sets, what the leader does, has an effect on everyone around them. A leader has influence. Here's what else scripture says that the leader has a passion to lead. They not only have influence, but they have a passion to lead. They want to become a better leader. They want to lead more effectively. They want to be able to be more dynamic in their leadership. Look at what Proverbs says, Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter, is the glory of kings. It means that a leader is constantly driven, is constantly at work, is constantly wanting to become a better leader, let me throw in just a really quick plug for something that we've been doing for about a year now, and it is a, a leadership development group specifically for men called the Joshua Project. We meet every, uh, the first Saturday of every month right here at the church. You can watch for more information about it in the bulletin. Next one will be on May 7th, and uh, we take the opportunity, uh, it's four guys Saturday morning, eight to about 9.15. Men, if you want to learn how to be a better leader in business, in your home, wherever God has called you, I would highly encourage you, uh, come out and join us May 7th to be a part of this Joshua project. It will help you uh, to grow in your passion to lead, to be a person of influence, but let's just, um, let's just stop for a minute and think about this. Just because someone has influence and a passion to lead, does that make them an effective leader? Does it make them a godly leader? You know, it's interesting, and 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 hear what I'm saying here. I'm not making any kind of a political statement. I don't want you to hear anything here. But in this current election season, the thing that I have heard more people say to me, the comment that I've heard the most is this. Are these really our choices? Where are the leaders? It's not just in a presidential election. It's everywhere. It's in business. It's in local government. Oftentimes I even see it in the church world. Where you go, look, where, where are our effective, godly leaders? How do, how do we find them? Where do they come from? Today, I want to look at what Scripture says to us about how we can be a successful, godly leader. Now, let's deal with this first. Here's what happens. As soon as I said the word leadership, there, was a, there were some of you that heard this and said, this is not for me. I am not a leader not the boss on the job, I walk into church and nobody looks at me to know what to do in my community, nobody really cares who I am, I'm just a, that's how we usually start it, when we're saying we're not a leader, we just say, well, I'm just a student, or I'm just a this on my job, I'm not a, or I'm just a stay at home this or that, or I'm just a, and we start to say all these ways where we're not a leader. Look, let me encourage you, leadership is not a title or a job. Leadership is influence, and all of you have influence somewhere. It's not what's on your business card. It's the fact that what you do influences other people. Mom and dad, in your home, no matter what your age is or the age of your kids, you have influence in their lives, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, even if you feel like you are at the very bottom of the ladder on your job the fact that you have the opportunity by what you say, by who you are, to set a tone for those around you, you are a leader. People look to you in some way. Let me just say it this way. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then scripture says you are an ambassador of Christ. That means you represent him to other people. And so when you live out your faith, other people are looking at you. That means you have influence. And if you have influence, that means you are a So none of you are excused today. If you fall asleep, I will call you out by name. Amen? All right? So look, this this applies to all of us. Because leadership's not a title. Every follower of Christ is a representative of Jesus to the Lord, to the world. People are watching you lead. They're watching you. And so as a result, then we need to consider what kind of leader am I? And understand this, godly leadership is not a matter of just competency, but of character. I've known some people who were very competent in their job, even some people who were very effective in areas of leadership, but when character falls short, so does your leadership. Isn't that true? Leadership is not just competency, it's a matter of character. So what does Proverbs say about this? Well, part of it, that's why we talked last week about how through this series, as a church, we're going to read through the book of Proverbs together. So every day, we're going to take a chapter in the book of Proverbs, and we're going to read that. And it's easy, because there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So you just read the day, the, the day that the calendar month of the month is, that's the chapter that you read. So today is April the... 10th, thanks both of you. Today is April the 10th, and today we would read April chapter, April chapter, April chapter. Today we will read Proverbs chapter three. Thanks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is Joker's a week behind. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's talk about what leadership looks like. And let's look at it in in a way that helps us to kind of make this very personal. About a year ago, I pulled this easel out, and I drew a picture of a person, and most of you made fun of me. And it hurt me deeply. So this time, I had someone else draw the person for me. How do you like that? And and here's what I want to do. I want to talk about... As as a person, as a leader, how does all of this affect us internally, externally, how we structure our lives? What does this look like for us as a leader? So let's start with the internal side of us. I want to look at a quality that I believe is essential at the very heart of leadership. Because you can have competency, but if you don't have this as a leader, the book of Proverbs says, now obviously we can't hit every leadership quality. But if you don't have this, your leadership's going to fall flat. I want to begin today by talking about the quality of humility and what Scripture says to us. That as a leader, whether this is in your home, whether this is in the workplace, in your neighborhood, wherever that is, if you are lacking humility, it affects your leadership. Here's what the book of Proverbs tells us. Leadership without humility is empty. Leadership without humility is empty. It's just not there. Let's see what scripture says. Proverbs 22, verse 4. Humility is the fear of the Lord. And we read this last week. The fear of the Lord begins with what? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So this fear of the Lord is essential. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. So humility is the very beginning of leadership riches, honor, life. These are things that we talk about in this quality, in this concept of leadership, and it all begins with this matter of the heart that we refer to as humility. Look what scripture goes on to say about humility. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Before honor, Before authority, really, in some senses, you could say before leadership, it has to begin with this aspect of humility. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 34 and 35, he mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed, the wise inherit honor, but fools get only shame. Right at the beginning, we see the important aspect of humility in the life of a leader, and how key it is. Humility is the first step toward honorable leadership. Humility is the first step toward honorable leadership. But but let's just be honest. In our world, humility is not necessarily the norm. If you're going to be a leader, then you're constantly putting yourself out there whether it be through social media, whether it be through making people see your value in the workplace by what you say to others, you constantly want people to see, look, I matter, I'm important. And so we have this trap in our society that allows us to fall into the the point where we want to by pride push ourselves out there instead of realizing that scripture says that godly leadership actually begins with humility and that's not just in our day and time apparently that's always been the case because Solomon focuses on this even here in the book of Proverbs leaders are prone to puff them to puff themselves up and to seek for power so so let's say this balloon right here is, uh, is, is your leadership, what we're prone to do is to do our very best to make it bigger, to make it larger, to expand it so that other people will see what a great leader we are. So just, just bear with me for a minute. Okay, just stay right there. Give me just one, one minute. One more. Okay. So this... This is your leadership, and what's going to happen is that at some point, somewhere along the line, someone, some person, something is going to come along and try to burst your bubble, right? You're going to have this pressure. You're going to have this stress. Something's going to come, and if this is your leadership, and it's all based on how you puffed yourself up, how you built yourself up, if it's all based on pride, eventually, you know what's going to happen? It's all going to pop, isn't it? and what are you left with? What are you left with? <laughs> Nothing, because leadership without humility is empty. It's just not there. Proverbs tells us that leadership begins, honor begins with humility. Proverbs 21 verse 4, haughty eyes and a proud heart, the unplowed field of the wicked, isn't that a description? Your prideful heart is where sin can grow. The unplowed field of the wicked produce sin. Humility is so essential in the life of the leader. Do not be wise in your own eyes, Proverbs 3, 7 says. Fear the Lord and shun evil. The danger is this, that pride causes the leader to lose perspective. When you become wise in your own eyes, you're not seeing things clearly. Pride causes a leader to lose perspective. You know, you know the prideful person the person that's kind of full of themselves, that's always putting themselves out there, that wants everybody to see who they are. And at some point, what happens is it puts us in a place where we just honestly can't see clearly. Have you ever had like a cold or allergies where it feels like your whole head is filled up? Do you know what I'm talking about? Remember back when we thought we were having spring and all those head colds were floating around? And what happens to me, I don't know if it happens to you, but when I get congested, my whole head feels like it's filled up, and oftentimes, I don't see as clearly as I could. Either my eyes water, or it's just kind of cloudy, or it's just kind of puffy when you don't feel good. That's one of the symptoms that comes. Well, pride works the same way. When the head is too big, the eyes cannot see clearly. It's just a truth. And the same thing happens with Pride. And we need to be careful because we'll lose perspective as a leader if we allow pride to come in. We have to replace it with humility. The dangerous part is this. Most of us spend time affirming our own humility through the lens of our own pride. We like to talk about our humility through the lens of our pride. We sit back and we go, I'm really quite a humble person. (laughs) And that, that's just it's just pride. Ask yourself this question. How many of the decisions you make are based on the criteria of what is best for you? And that'll help you to see, especially as a leader, am I allowing pride to come in and affect how I live, how I think, and affect how I lead? This is why we really do believe that being a part of one of our connect groups is really such a healthy thing. Um, You know, Through this sermon series, The Secret to Success, we've got a a group of connect groups that are meeting. These are opportunities for people to get with other folks. And we're gonna talk this week about these aspects of leadership, including this idea of humility. How do we stay humble? How do we, even in our relationships with others, allow God to keep us in a place where our focus is not on ourselves, but on others? If you haven't signed up to be a part of a connect group, or if you wanna know more, you can hop online. There's There's a button right on our webpage that says connect groups, or Pastor Keith and his team are in the back of the atrium today stop by, visit with them, listen to them, hear a little bit more about what you can do to be a part of a connect group, we would love for you to join us. This is a part of where humility is so key in the life of a leader. But but let's go to this next aspect of leadership, because if humility, Proverbs says, is internally so important, what about externally? Externally. What do we need to look at and consider? And I would challenge you that kind of one of the external, essential elements of leadership is that the leader keeps in mind that the whole reason that the leader is there is because of people. At the very heart of leadership, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll put it over here too because it's, it's really everywhere for the leader, the whole reason that we lead, out of all the other things that we could say, We could talk about cash, we could talk about success, we could talk about fame, we could talk about building something that matters, but at the end of the day, if our focus is not on people, we've forgotten why God has called us to lead in the first place. This probably doesn't happen to you, but I'm finding for some evil reason it's happening to me more and more, where I think, oh, I gotta do this, and so I go upstairs to get something, and by the time I get upstairs, I forget why I went up there. Anybody else? You had that happen? And then what do you have to do you're like i can't i can't remember why i'm here sometimes i'll just look at Rhonda and i go what am i doing so it's like i don't know so i go halfway back down the stairs you get halfway down the stairs and what happens oh yeah i remember <laughs> i remember that's why when you turn around you go back up there anybody else have that happen okay it's so not just me what happens in life and especially as we lead in our homes in the workplace in business in our community We can get so focused on the details of what we're doing that we forget why we're doing it in the first place. And sometimes it's key for us to go back and realize the whole reason we lead is because of people. That's what it's all about. Look at what Solomon says. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 28, a large population is a king's glory, but without subjects, a prince is ruined. Look, king, look, leader. If there's not people that you're leading, if they're not at your focus, then your leadership has no value. Understand this leadership without people is purposeless. Leadership without people is purposeless. And we can have lots of other motivations. We can seek all kinds of things that we can be leading for, but when people are forgotten, so is our purpose. People are the purpose of your leadership. So what does that mean for us? Well, look at this. Proverbs Proverbs 20, verse 28. Love and faithfulness keep a king safe. Through love, his throne is made secure. Look at that verse. When it says that a king does well to focus on love and faithfulness, it's saying, look, leader, treat people right. Respond to people in the right way. If you want your leadership to be secure, recognize that at the very heart of it, it's how you treat people. Proverbs 29, verse 14. If a king judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. Now this fits in your business. This fits just in the way that you interact with your neighbor. The leader jeopardizes their leadership when they take their focus off of the people they lead. Wherever God has given you a place of leadership, wherever he's called you to be king, when you take your focus off of people, you jeopardize your leadership. In fact, um, Solomon would say, you make it unsafe. You miss out on the opportunities that you could have. Leadership is so important that we treat people the right way. Our focus can go on so many other things, but what if we focus on those that God has called us to lead? Now, this is where we can start to play some games with ourselves. And you say, that's cool, but Chad, I don't, I don't lead some big business. I'm not in some big corporation. I don't, I don't lead a church. In fact, my neighbors they don't even know who I am. What, what does my leadership matter? And we can begin to think that the measure of our leadership has to do with the size or the number of people that we lead instead of realizing that leadership is so much more than just how many people we lead. It's the quality of our leadership. Leadership is not determined by the number of followers, but by the impact of influence. So don't measure your leadership by how many people read what you tweet, Measure your leadership by the influence you're having on those people that God has put in your world in this season. If you want to measure it out, when Jesus walked to this earth, even though he had much opportunity to speak, most of his attention was given to how many people? Twelve? Those twelve disciples, because he knew this. If I can influence them the right way, they'll go out and influence others who will change the world. And it worked, didn't it? We're sitting here Realize it's not the number. It's the measure of the influence that you have. How impactful is that influence? How valuable is it? How much difference are you making? Are you making an impact on others? That's the measure of your influence. And so much of that comes from this. Don't take your focus off the fact that you've been called to lead because of people. Now look, with people in mind, let me, let me kind of... Take a, I don't know, a bit of a side trail for a couple of minutes. Because all of us are leaders. But some of you may be in a season of what might be fair to call high-pressure leadership. Whether your family's in a time where you're making some difficult decisions. Maybe in the workplace, you know all kinds of stress. Maybe you are in in a place of leadership that causes you to feel a lot of pressure And sometimes that's a tough place, and I'd even say sometimes, in some ways, that can be a lonely place to be. I want to encourage those of you who are leading in a high-pressure season right now with a couple of thoughts. Look at what Proverbs says. Proverbs 14, verse 10. It says, each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. That's a really encouraging verse, is it not? (laughs) Here is what it's saying you know this that when you're going through a hard time even though people come alongside you and they say look i'm here for you i want to help you we're praying for you which is awesome and do that at the end of the day you're the only one who knows how hard that time is right you're the only one who can truly say man this is this is difficult Now, we don't go through it alone. We bear each other's burdens. But Solomon's just giving us the reality that when we go through seasons, we carry those things. That's not just true for ourselves. Look at what he says about the king. Proverbs 25 3, as the heavens are high and the earth is deep, so the hearts of kings are unsearchable. I don't think that verse is saying that kings are somewhat more superior in how they think to others. What I think he's saying is this, only the king knows the burden of that leadership, Only the leader who is in that season can truly know what it's like to carry that weight. Only the leader truly knows the burden of that leadership. When you're walking through a tough season in your home, although others can empathize with you, you're the only one who really knows what it's like to carry that burden, right? When you've got to make a tough decision in the workplace, in a place where God has given you influence, You want godly wisdom. You want people to come alongside. You want people to support you. But at some point, recognize this, leader. Scripture says, you carry that. That's yours. And the reason I emphasize this is because sometimes people think they're failing somewhere in leadership, or they struggle, or they don't want to take on leadership because they don't want to carry that burden. But can I just encourage you? That's a normal part of leadership, and that's actually part of what God has called us to. So see it in a couple of different ways. Have you ever... You ever seen those movies where they've got something really important in a briefcase? It's top secret files, or it's a bunch of money, or it's a bomb, or something like that, and they give it to this guy and say, look, you are entrusted with carrying this, and they give him the briefcase, and then they handcuff it to him. Have you ever seen those in the movies? Am I the only one who watches movies? Have you ever seen that? Right? Okay, they do that. Look, God has entrusted you with something, and the reality is it's yours to carry, and it may feel like at times it's handcuffed on you. And others can come and help you. They can come and walk alongside of you. They might even carry the case for you for a little while. But you're constantly attached to it, aren't you? It's yours. Look, don't walk away from that burden, that challenge, just because it gets heavy sometimes, because God has called you to do that. And he will help you to do that. But recognize this. Here's one of the realities of leadership. A leader will always wear a target. A leader in the home In the workplace, a leader will always wear a target. There was a bus, I was driving through uh, Tokyo. This 19 year old kid stands up on the bus, walks up to the bus driver and says, I demand right now that you take me to the Tokyo airport. I am hijacking this bus. And everybody on the bus just kinda sat very calmly as this kid hijacked this bus. They sat calmly for two reasons. One, he didn't say he had a gun. He didn't produce a knife. He wasn't wearing a bomb. He had nothing to threaten them with. The other reason that none of the passengers freaked out is because this bus was already going to the Tokyo airport. (laughs) This kid stands up and says, I'm hijacking this bus. The bus driver's like, fine, thanks for the drama. Let's go. (laughs) They got there. They arrested the kid for his threats and that kind of stuff. He just wasn't thinking right. But here's the reality. He was no threat to anybody because he wasn't taking them anywhere they didn't already want to go. However, if you're a leader, that usually means you're going to take people in your family, in the workplace, even in your own life when you're leading yourself, you're going to take people somewhere that they may not want to go. True? You ever heard the word change? In fact, if you think about it, it begins even when we as parents are training our, our children, we're leading them There's a lot of things we ask our kids to do. Let's just say potty training. Do they want to do it? No, but when they're 18, they're glad you did, right? (laughs) True, true. Because people don't always like change. They don't always like progress. They don't always like direction. But if God's called you to be the leader in your home, that means at some point you're going to take people somewhere they don't want to go, at least not in the moment. So you know what that means, leader? It means you're going to wear a target. That somebody's gonna take shots at you. Somebody's not gonna understand why you're doing what you're doing. And I I don't say this out of anything personal. I say this because I see too many people who, in difficult times, back down because they don't wanna take those steps of leading their family or of speaking out or of making the right move in their career because God's challenged them in that way, because they're afraid of what that target might put on their back. One of my favorite leadership quotes comes from Theodore Roosevelt. He says, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Look, leader, if you're going to lead at some point, it means you step out. And it means at some point you'll probably face some trouble. You'll probably face some trials. But here's what Proverbs 24, 10 says. If you falter in time of trouble, how small is your strength? Proverbs 24, 10, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? And leader, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know that your strength comes from who? comes from God. Is his strength small? So when you face those times of challenge, when you face those times of trial, remember this. How you handle criticism and pressure reveals your character and perseverance. Pressure's gonna come. Criticism's going to come. But leader, your strength isn't found in you. So you don't falter in times of trial. You don't falter in times of trouble because your strength is not small. Your strength is in him, So how you handle that criticism and that pressure reveals your character and your perseverance. Let me me shift gears for just a minute then. Because there's another proverb about leadership that doesn't necessarily deal with the person who's facing the pressure of the leadership. But oftentimes, I think one of the temptations that comes to a follower, because the reality is this, I don't know that there's anybody who's a leader who's not also a follower. Isn't that true? So there's somewhere, whether it's in our government, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's in the church, whether it's in your home, that at some place you're called not to lead but to follow. Listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs 24, 21, and 22. Fear the Lord and the King, my son, and do not join with rebellious officials. Remember those two words rebellious officials for those two will send sudden destruction on them and who knows what calamities they can bring here's the reality here rebellious criticism has destructive consequences rebellious criticism has destructive consequences here's what i mean there's a place for legitimate concerns If in the workplace you see something that's not right, or if you're asked to do something that's unethical, or even as we look at, let's just say our own government, we see things and we're fortunate to live in a country where we can have a voice in those things, right? But there's a difference between legitimate concerns and rebellious criticism. When we speak in a way that has more venom than it has hope, when we're more concerned about ourselves than about what might be right, And what the author of Proverbs says here is when there is rebellious criticism, it has destructive consequences. Let me just say this for a minute, and I I don't say it from my role as a lead pastor. I speak of it from things that I learned when I was not the guy who had much say in in important decisions. And I watched people who I worked with, both in, in roles outside the church and inside the church, that got to the point where they just got clearly rebellious towards those that were in leadership. Constantly challenging, constant in questioning, not in a way that was healthy, but in a way that was very selfish. Does that make sense? Do you know the difference? And what I found is that people that I knew, even in the business world, who got to that place where they were always smarter than those who were in leadership, and they always knew better, and they always wanted to say it, they robbed themselves of joy and opportunity, and I would even say of God's favor, because of their constant rebellious criticism. I have friends in ministry who, because they decided that they were the ones who were right when leaders were wrong, that they put themselves in a place where God just clearly could not bless them because there was no humility, so there could be no honor. They took their eyes off the fact that God's called us all to be people. Now look, if you're in a place that's unhealthy, get out of that place, but I would encourage you don't do that. Don't be that in that place that becomes rebellious so that you put yourself in a spot where you could face destructive consequences. Does that make sense? Look, this is, this is so important, and here's the reason why. Because we live in a world of constant talk radio and a 24-hour news cycle, right? And we are challenged day in, day out that we question everyone and everything, And at some point, God said to David, David, Saul's the king, and he's dead wrong, but you're not the king, so you honor him. And you know what happened to David? Because he honored even an an unrighteous, evil king. God was able to bless David and his life in ways that he never could have if he had fallen prey to rebellious criticism. Look, you do the right things, but at some point, you have to, for the sake of your own heart, for the sake of your own leadership, say, God, is my heart in the right place by focusing on humility and people? And I guess that brings me back to the very question that, that what is the foundation of your leadership? Like, what is your leadership even built on in the first place? Is it built on the fact that you, you want to be somebody? Is it built on the fact that you want to do something because if you build on a foundation that is not solid, you're going to find yourself in a place of leadership that's going to fall apart. Here's the reality. If you, if you watch, wind and waves has this effect of constantly eroding at a foundation of something. And we live in a world where our leadership is constantly pummeled by ethical challenges and selfish questions. The only foundation that will stand in the area of leadership, and we see this in the book of Proverbs, is integrity. And if you have integrity... If you build your life on integrity, you will have a foundation that can last in your leadership. But without it, you are in a dangerous place. Leadership without integrity is unstable. Leadership without integrity is unstable. And it shows up in the things you do. It shows up in the words you say. It even shows up in the people that you associate with. Proverb helps us to see that without integrity, your leadership finds itself in a place that will not last and that cannot be trusted. And we have to realize, this goes back to what we were talking about before, leadership has more to do with character than it does competency, doesn't it? It's not your position, it's your person that matters. I've got a friend who has has become close to, to a friend of hers who is here from another country. She moved to the United States as an adult, and when she came here, she had to learn English. So she's still trying to kind of figure out the English language. So she was sitting and talking with my friend, and she was saying how her children brought home from school some things from an award ceremony. And she was trying to figure out, she says, can you help me understand, what's the difference? They had these two different um, awards that they got. What's the difference between honor roll and k k k rack?" She's like, what? She's like, what's the difference between honor roll and character, she's like, fine. She was like, can you spell that for me? She says, the difference between honor roll and an award for C-H-A-R-A-C-T-E-R, for character. What's the difference between the honor roll and a character award? And she said, well, honor roll is for what you do, but character award is because of who you are. The one's really cool. Kids, get on the honor roll. Your parents will love you. They even pay you money if you get on the honor roll. Right, parents? Yes. Maybe not. Maybe not. That's, I didn't say that. But get on the honor roll. But that's short-lived. Character. That's what's going to last. Understand this. There's an important difference between making the honor roll and receiving a character award. And at the end of the day... It's not just what you do, but it's who you are that will sustain your leadership. Some really essential elements of leadership. Humility, keeping your focus on people, integrity, and understand this. When a leader focuses on humility, people, and integrity, they can lead with confidence. Even to the point... That if you'll focus on those things, it'll even, I think, help you in, in certain ways to overcompensate for the places where maybe you feel inadequate or you feel inferior to other leaders. But if you'll focus on these things, it'll help you to be the leader that God has called you to. But I think there's one other element, probably maybe the most essential element, that we're missing. Because what is your focus? What determines how you lead? Is it cash? Is it success? Is it opportunity? At the end of the day, if God is not at the very top of your motivation as a leader, if he's not the essential focus of why you lead, if you don't realize that he's the one that gave you that leadership in the first place, it jeopardizes everything else about your leadership. The book of Proverbs is all about how we can be wise. But when we take God out of the equation, we become just the opposite. Leadership without God is foolish. Leadership without God it's foolish. In fact, look at what, what Solomon says about the king. Proverbs 21, verse 1. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. It is God that directs the heart of a leader. It is God that guarantees what happens and what does not happen. He is the one that even when we submit our plans to him, we'll look at this, Proverbs 16, nine. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Ultimately, you can do all you want in leadership, but you have to recognize this. I love this analogy, that the heart of the leader is like a stream of water in the hand of the Lord, he guides it. He directs it. The leader knows that God is truly in control. Not you. The leader knows that God is the one who is truly in control. Have you ever been, ever been rafting? Like maybe, or you've gone canoeing or you tubing or something like that. Whitewater rafting is really kind of a cool thing. If you've ever done that, you know this. That when you get out on the river, you have very little control over what kind of environment you find yourself in. There may be times when the current's just kind of moving you and you're flowing right along, and then you hit those rapids and it gets crazy. It's the whole reason you paid to do this life-threatening thing, right? You hit the rapids, it gets crazy, and then you get to some spot where the current just kind of drags. You might even have to start paddling just to get through it. And can I tell you, leader, that life is just like that? There are seasons where in your home or in your business or in your relationships, you're just kind of moving right along. Things are good. And then you hit other seasons where it gets crazy. Sometimes a fun crazy, sometimes a not so fun crazy. And then there's other times where you wish things would just move and the current just gets dead. Seasons where the only way you're going to get through them is if you start paddling and what I'm prone to do as a leader is I want to force my plans. I want to move things through. What, what, what do leaders wrestle with? I think oftentimes it's, it's where's the money? How do I deal with these people? What do I do with the disappointment? How do I get momentum? What direction is my life going in? Why am I having such a hard time being patient? Why am I having such a hard time being patient? Why am I having such a hard time being patient, Right? <laughs> And fear comes on the leader in so many different ways. What do you do in those times? We want to force our plans. What if at some point we realize that as the leader, we can't force our plans? We just need to get in the flow of God's favor. I'm a leader. I don't get in the flow of anything. I drive everything. Not over him you don't. And at some point I have to be willing to say, God, I I just want to get in the flow of where you're leading me. Because the heart of the king It's like a stream of water in the hands of the Lord. And so God, I put my life, I put my leadership, I entrust it to you. Here's why that's so essential. Because I don't care whether, whether you lead one person or whether you lead thousands. This is risky business. This whole leadership thing, if you try to do it without humility, without focusing on people, without integrity, and especially if you try to do it without him, it's all gonna fall apart. Leadership success begins with the leader's relationship with God. Leadership success begins with the leader's relationship with God. And if you try to lead without him, it's just gonna fall apart. John Krakauer in his book Into Thin Air tells the story of a 44-year-old dentist named Dale Cruz who uh, was a part of this team led by Scott Fisher that climbed Mount Everest and actually had a a disastrous experience. Cruz had, when he was up on the mountain, something that was called high-altitude cerebral edemia. How many of you ever had that? Yeah, no, I don't think so. H-A-C-E. Here's what happened to him He was having an incredibly difficult time simply trying to dress himself while he was up there. He put his climbing harness on inside out. He threaded it through the fly of his windsuit and failed to fasten the buckle. He just wasn't thinking right. He got up there, and the pressure of the altitude and, and, and his blood pressure and everything around them made his brain not function. He put his climbing uh, gear on wrong, and fortunately his friends noticed the mistake before he started to descend. If he tried to rappel down the ropes like that, his partner said, he would have immediately popped out of his harness and fallen to his death. At the bottom of this mountain. It was like I was very drunk, Cruz recollects couldn't walk without stumbling i was completely lost in the ability to think or speak it was a really strange feeling i'd have some words in my mind but i couldn't figure out how to bring them to my lips and he relied on his friends to dress him to make sure he was harnessed correctly and to lower him down to the bottom because he had gotten up there in a place where he couldn't sustain that and as a result if someone hadn't come along and helped him he would have fallen to his death leadership is dangerous business and look you can try to be humble You can focus on people. You can even try to do all the right things. But if this element is missing, if God's not at the very core of your life, then you put yourself, you put your leadership, you put your life in a really, really risky place. And today, I want to challenge you. As you look at this, are these essential elements of leadership at place in your life? And as you think about that, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And I I don't want to classify the place. Like, I, I don't want to tell you where the arena is. I just know that a message like this is very timely for some people. And if it's you, whether in the area of humility or people or integrity or even of of your entrusting your leadership to God, if you'd say, Chad, I'm in a leadership challenge right now, and I sure could use some prayer. I'm facing a leadership challenge. Would you pray for me? If that's you, will you stand just right where you are right now, whether you're in Auditorium 2, you're here in Auditorium 1, maybe you're watching this on a screen somewhere. But you know you're facing some kind of leadership challenge. God's spoken a word of encouragement or maybe even a a word of challenge to you today. And you'd say, I'm facing a leadership challenge and I sure could use some prayer. Would you stand right where you are? Can I I tell you what's in my heart right now? There's some of you that need to stand but you're just kind of wrestling with humility a little bit. If you're in a leadership challenge and you say, God, I need your help, would you just stand right where you are? And Father, we look to you. Lord, you know the, the story. You know the details. I find every one of us the standing. God, behind every one of us who's leading. Lord, thanks for what your word says about leading with integrity, about leading with humility, about leading people and ultimately about leading with you in control of our lives so God today we ask for your help God we ask that you would help us to be the leaders that you've called us to be would you give us strength in times of trouble Lord would you give us perspective to see the challenges ahead of us God, would you guide us in the things and the places where you've called us, God, where you've you've called us to lead. Lord, I pray that as we step out of here and into our week, would you bring encouragement? Would you bring blessing? God, would you bring us the, the character that we need to be the leaders that you know that we are to be? So now, Lord, as we go from here, we ask that you'd go with us. Send us out with your special favor and your wonderful peace. We ask this in Jesus' name.